0: 1, and I'm going to read uh, four verses out of Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. We'll just read three verses out of Ezekiel chapter 1. Say amen when you're there. That was weak. You must not be there. Ezekiel 1 and 1, now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the 4th month, and in the 50th, and in the 5th day of the month, the 50th day of the month would be rather odd. In the 5th month, 5th day of the month, I'll get it right here in a minute. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the 4th month, In the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chabar, and the hand of the Lord was there upon him. I want to draw from this first verse tonight. And before someone reminds me, I've preached from this passage before. i preached from, I told one of my boys last night, I said, um, 12 years of pastoring, preaching three or four times a week. Uh, I feel like I preached everything in the Bible cover to cover. But tonight I want to draw from the first verse. As I was among the captives by the river of Chabar. I was among the captives by the river Chabar. Lord, help us tonight to preach what you've laid upon our heart. God, that we may be able, Lord, to speak a word of help and hope and deliverance to somebody's life tonight. Somebody tonight, Lord, that may need, Lord, to shake off some things of the past and some of the things that the enemy is trying to lay upon their shoulders. God, some weight, oh Lord, that you never intended them to carry, Lord, is holding them down tonight. And I pray delivering power for somebody in this room right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to two or three people around you. and Say, I am not one of them. I'm not one of them. Wear the badge with honor now. I'm not one of them. Shout it out. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. them. The prophet Ezekiel was himself among the captives. He is speaking here of those of them that were posted to work and labor by the river Chabar. They were taken into captivity and those captives were instructed by their masters to improve the sides of the river where there was uncultivated land. Therefore, the taskmasters chose to place them beside the river of Chabar and work in the meaningless tasks of life, of clearing the unseemly and unseemly uh, brush and to plant uh, trees that would be uh, beautiful to the eye and that would... Uh, Capture the attention and the heart, Uh, mere landscaping if you please. And among these labors and among these workers and among these captives uh, by that river Chabar was a prophet by the name of Ezekiel. Ezekiel said, I was among the captives. Everybody say, I was among them. I was among the captives," he said, "by the river Chabar. Now, Chabar in the Hebrew simply means a place of the past, a place of the past, or a far off or a distant place, a place of the past." Ezekiel says, "I was among the captives by the river." Chabar. I was among the captives, captured or caught, and held near a place known as the past. It was by the rivers of Babylon, the Bible said, that they sat down and on the willow trees there by the riverside. The scripture said that they hung their harps on the willows. And when it was required of them to sing a song they in their mourning, said how can we sing the Lord's song because we're in a strange land. They were living a meaningless life to say the least. It was a life of turmoil and struggle. It was a life of hardship. It was a life with great tasks, great struggles and harsh taskmasters that would place them in such a terrible environment to work and to labor. And Ezekiel the prophet said, I was among them. Maybe, maybe I understand it because the best men and those that are even the closest to God often share in the common calamities of this life, we often may get captured and caught among them by the river of our past. And since not only righteous men, but in our text it was a prophet of God, of all people it was not just the righteous and it was not just the people of God, but there was a great prophet of God by the name of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is there and in our text it says that he was sharing with the worst in their present punishments. He was there from from this way we may be able to infer. uh, With the greatest assurance perhaps that God is always aware of our situations. Regardless where you find yourself, be encouraged to know that God knows exactly where you are. When you think that nobody knows, I want you to know tonight God knows where you are. God knows what you're going through. God knows what you're facing. He understands the pain that you feel in your body. He knows the stress that you're going through. He knows the thoughts in your mind. He sees every tear that you weep on your pillow at night when nobody is looking. God knows where you are. God knows exactly where you are tonight. God knows just when to send somebody into your life that has been through it also and that is able to speak into your life. That should serve us. Notice this. God hasn't forgotten us. When we think God doesn't know where we are, we may feel alone in our struggle, but I want you to know tonight that you are in good company in this group of people. Someone else has also been through the struggle. Somebody else has been there where you are today, and the Lord knows exactly where you are. Words of conviction or words of counsel or, or, or words of comfort come best from those who have been in it. Those who have lived through it. Those who have been through the affliction. Ezekiel was one such a man. He was in the same struggles as everyone else. Make no doubt about it. He was among the captives. He said himself, I'm among the captives by the river Chabar. I'm in that place. I've been there. How many of you have been there? You know what Ezekiel was struggling with. He was there. The captives were held in a place called Chabar, a place of their past. A lot of people get captured there. A lot of people get caught. There, a lot of people get held up. You get hung up there, we get hung up on the things of our past that we can't move on with life everything seems to take us back to a reference point that goes back to our past they they are bogged down in the memories of what might have been had it not have been for whatever it is that has got them at a place a very long way away from where they ever intended to be they're stuck at blaming themselves for the things that they are going through and maybe some of them they had no control over then maybe others they had much control they they can't get over the hurt feelings they they can't forgive the sufferings that they endured they're stuck in a place of their past the memory simply won't go away the feelings that they simply can't overcome they can't forgive themselves they can't forgive others issues that they will never Never be able to get resolved. held, Held captive in a place of their past. Ezekiel was there. The prophet of God was there. And you and I have been there. We've been there when we wondered how did I get here? But I'm caught in a place of my past. I remember the day that I arrived early to work and dropped Gentry off at school when he was only in the first or second grade. I took him early and dropped him at Calvary Christian School and stepped out of my car and began walking toward the front door of the tabernacle. As I was walking toward the front door of the tabernacle, I reached in my pocket and I got my keys and I noticed a man from across the way. It was a man on the other side of the parking lot and I heard him as he began to scream for my attention. I turned and glanced over my shoulder and I I heard him. He called me by name. It was a concern of mine. I, I didn't recognize him and being there in an inner city church, we had dealt with several different situations so I picked up stride a little bit. Not that I was afraid. But I walked briskly across the parking lot to the front door as I heard him call my name and more clearly and closer and more desperate. And I put the key into the door and unlocked the door and pulled the door open before I turned around with my back, of course, to the open door so I could close it quickly if needed. And I looked at the desperation in the eyes of the young man that was running across the parking lot. And he said, Brother Jordan, Can I have a moment of your time? I was pretty sure that I knew what he wanted. I was pretty sure he was looking for a little change, a few dollars, a meal to be bought. It was common in that area. It was common at that location. It was uncommon at that time of the morning. And I turned to him and looked at him and I said, what could I do for you this morning? And he said, I don't want anything from you, sir. I don't want any money. I'm not looking for food. He said, I need help. I need help, but it's not money that I need. He said, Brother Jordan, can I sit down and talk with you? We were always instructed to not allow anybody into the closed office, so I told him there's no one here but me this morning, and I'm not sure that I'm able to be able to get into the office, so we're going to have to stand here and talk at the front door. The young man began to share his story with me and tell me how that he had lived for God. He began to quote words of a message that I'd preached at a youth convention just a few months before. He said, I was here. I was on the pew when you preached the message. At that point I realized that the young man was a little more connected and I said come on, let's go into my office. So I went and unlocked the door and we went up into my office as the young man sat in the chair and began to talk to me about the hurts that he had been through began to talk about to me about lifestyle choices that he had made that had taken him a very long ways away from God. It had taken him to the very depths of life. His family had completely rejected him. They had turned their back on him. It all began when he was only a child and he was affected by something deeply that happened to him that was out of his control. And then from there he began to spiral downward. He began to mask it in his teenage years with alcohol and drugs. And he allowed it to take him deeper and deeper until eventually he came open with the lifestyle that he had chosen. And now his life had ended him on the streets. The only way that he could survive was to sell his very own body. And daily he walked the streets in an attempt to make a living. Living on the streets of the city of Indianapolis. Not somebody that was strange from the truth. Not somebody that was strange from an apostolic pew. Not somebody that ever thought he would be there. And he looked at me as he shook and he said, Brother Jordan, I've got to have some help. I need some help. I began to talk to him and everything kept pointing back. Everything kept pointing back. It went back to his past. It went back to his past. It went back to where he was, where he had been, what he had been through. I asked him that day, do you believe that God can forgive you? And he looked at me that day and he said, I've heard it preached that he can, but somehow I can't seem to find forgiveness. Somehow I'm not sure, I'm not exactly positive. I looked at that young man that morning in my office and I shed tears with him as we sat in the office and talked that morning. And I said to him, there is a way out of what you're going through there is a God that cares about you and there is a church that cares about you and I began to witness to him and talk to him about where he was I later was able to make connections for him and getting him into a drug rehab center and be able to help him and and, and eventually I, I stayed in contact with him for a little while and eventually I lost contact with him but I came to tell you tonight that I've talked to so many people that have gotten caught in the same situations like this young man by the name of Matt had been caught in. He looked at me that day and he said, I'm trapped, I'm caught and I can't get out. I was reminded of that story today as I was looking over my notes just before service and I realized what I said to him that day. I looked at him and said, Matt, you're trapped in a lie that is created by the enemy. You think there is no way out. That's what the the, the devil wants you to think. I don't know why I'm preaching this tonight, but I come to tell somebody you don't have it doesn't have to end the way. It looks like it's gonna end for you. There is a way out of your situation. God offers enough mercy, God offers enough grace. The enemy wants you to think that just because you're around it, that you've got to be entangled with it. But I came tonight to preach to some of our young people and tell you you can go to school and still live for God. You can live in this sinful world and yet live above sin. You don't have to get entangled in the things of the world. Don't let anybody tell you that we've got to let down in order to grow. Don't let anybody tell you that you've got to throw things away in order to have revival. I come to tell you that you don't have to be entangled with the things of this world. Ezekiel said, I am. I was among them but I'm not one of them. He said the situation came that got me where I'm at. Ezekiel wasn't there by choice. He didn't sign up for it. He didn't decide that's where he was going to be. Chabar wasn't the place of his dreams. He didn't go there on vacation, but understand they were enslaved. They were put in, they were entrapped. They were caught. They were captured. That's what the devil wants to do to some of us. He wants to capture you. He wants to enslave you. He wants to get you bound in your own mind. He wants to capture you. Oh, I come tonight to preach to the enemy. I come, I may not be preaching to anybody, but I'm preaching to spirits tonight and I come to tell you the enemy wants to capture your mind. He wants to make you think things. that You you don't have to be entangled there. You don't have to be trapped there. The old prophet of God said it right. I was among them. I was among them. I was among them but he never identified himself as one of them. I come tonight to tell you, get it out of your mind that you've got to live there. I'm just here for a little while but God's got a better place for me. God's got a place. God's got a place to take me to I'm living here for just a little while but I don't belong here I am going to leave Chabar somebody give the Lord a shout of praise oh we thank you Lord thank you Jesus this isn't the only story in the Bible of such A Hebrew boy by the name of Moses was raised up the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In my mind's eye, I can see Moses walking down the idle field hallways of Pharaoh's palatial home. Hearing the political conversations of the day. And listening to what even the Pharaoh himself perhaps would have said. And wondering what it would really be like to be able to be with his own people. And I can imagine what was rolling over in old Moses' mind when just as a lad he walked down the hallway and he would look over his shoulders and he would say under his breath, I may live here, but I'm not one of them. I may live here, but I'm not one of them. Hebrews chapter 11 said, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. you got to get this tonight by faith. If If I can get you to believe what I'm preaching tonight, there will be a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost when we leave here tonight. If I can get you to believe what I'm preaching to you tonight is the truth. If you can get it in by faith, by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 said, by faith. Everybody shout, by faith. (laughs) Thank you. The <laughs> cat by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter you know what I see in the spirit I see some folks that say well I keep it real pastor you know this is just who I am I'm just captured here I'm just called here but Hebrews had it right when it said by faith Moses said I'm living here but I'm not one of them you don't ever call me the son of Pharaoh's daughter I know she." Fa- found me in the bulrushes but I don't belong here but I'm not her daughter I come today to tell you this world is not my home I'm just passing through don't ever tell me this is where I belong don't ever tell me that this is home to me because heaven sounds like home to me your tragedy is not your residence don't get an address there (laughs) I did a little research and they said at Shabar, when the people of God were gathered there and they were working, they they came as migrants, they were put there as slaves, as captives and they only had a makeshift home and the enemy was thinking, yeah, look what we're able to do to them, look how we're able to push them down, look how we're able to make them live and they're thinking all the time, this is okay because this is just temporary. I'm here for now, but I'm not going to always be here. I'm not going to always be in captivity because the Lord's got a baby in the bulrushes that refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Hey, he's going to someday come and lead the people of God out of bondage. Hey, I come to preach to somebody tonight and tell you just like Ezekiel and Moses never lost their identity. I think that is why God sent Moses to Pharaoh's house to lead the children of Israel out. Because by faith everybody shot by faith. By faith he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's die. By faith he said, "Don't call me that." By faith he said, "Don't kill." Oh, I wish I could get some folks tonight to say, "Stop calling me sick." Stop calling me broke. Stop calling me depressed. Oh, if you would get a hold of this tonight, there would be some deliverance in the house. So stop calling me by my past. Stop calling me by my history. Stop calling me by what I'm going through. Stop calling me what I used to be. I'm no longer what I used to be. Don't name me by my past. Don't call me Jabar. I'm just among the captains. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. I feel deliverance in the house tonight. If somebody would let their faith out, you could receive it right now. You could receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Here's the problem. In Exodus chapter 14. The Lord said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, everybody say the Lord said it. The Lord said to Moses, for Pharaoh, the enemy, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. Does that word entangled speak to you? He could have used other terminology. He could have put it in some other way and said, Pharaoh will say they're residents here. He looked at the strongest word he could possibly use. And he said, they're entangled. They could never get out of this. They are captured in a web that I have woven for them, and they will never be out. I wove it strategically to trap them. The Lord said, said, Pharaoh is going to say to you, they are entangled in the land, and the wilderness hath shut them in. They won't ever be able to get out. I come tonight to tell you that there's been days, and there's been moments, and there's been times as a pastor of Christian Life Church that the enemy has spoken to me, And he has said to me, you may as well give up on that one. You may as well stop praying for that one. You may as well. They are too entangled in the land. They're never going to be a turnaround in their life. There's never going to be. But God said to Moses, get up from where you are and go down and you go to Pharaoh and you speak to them and you tell them, let my people go. I'm going to come tonight and muster all the courage and all the faith I can speak to the spirit world tonight as I speak and say you don't have control over this congregation. You don't have control over the one that's hearing this message preached tonight over the airwaves. But I come tonight to tell somebody that there is deliverance for you. The enemy says you're entangled but God said you can be delivered. God said you can be set free. God said you You don't have to live there. Refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. You could receive it right now if you stepped out on faith. You could receive your, your healing right now. You could receive your victory right now. Yes. come on somebody I got a, I've got got a lot more sermon to preach but I feel like God is wanting to move right now if you're in the house and the enemy's been telling you you're too entangled I'm preaching to you if the enemy has been telling you you belong there I'm preaching to you tonight all you need to do is take a step of faith why don't you step out from where you are tonight and say I don't belong here I didn't take up residence here I didn't mean to ever get here but I'm coming out of this mess I'm getting out of this The Lord said I can be healed. The Lord said I can be made whole. The Lord said I can be delivered. The Lord said I can live a righteous life. The Lord said I'm an overcomer. Woo! Come on, take a step of faith right now. Take a step of faith right now. Oh, if you'll believe what I'm preaching, deliverance is yours right now. Deliverance is yours right now. hallelujah Come on, if you need prayer tonight, why don't you just step right up here in the front? Why don't you just come right here front and center? Somebody will pray over you right now. Somebody will lay hands on you right now. You can find what you're looking for right now. The Lord is in this house. The Lord is in this house. The Lord is in this house. house. I don't care what the enemy's called me. I don't care what the enemy says about me. I'm saying my faith. I am healed. I am whole. I am well. I'm at peace. I will not not continue to live my life, both by the label of my enemy, but I will be whole in Jesus' name.